Happy New Year, and welcome back to Drip, a DC coffee podcast. There have been ups and downs this year, but where there is coffee, there is hope. And luckily, we now have more coffee than ever in DC and the DMV. In this episode, Lauren Rogers from District of Coffee rejoins us to explore the new cafes of 2017, ones to look forward to in 2018, big events of this past year, and things we are excited about in the upcoming year. So sit back, grab your cup of coffee, and enjoy the episode. So you're back. This is huge. You're yes, back on Drip, yes. a DC Coffee podcast, and you may actually listen to this one. I huh? will. I promise I will listen to this one. Okay. I promise, because it's not an interview, so I'm not really talking about me so much. It's what the people I think, wanted. Yeah, I it's think what I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But I'm super excited about it. Whenever you first asked me, I was like, yes, and I like immediately started writing things down. Awesome. So. Okay. I wasn't sure I kind of... On uh, when you interviewed me, I was I was late to that interview. You not were. to bring it up. I was very late, so I was like, "Oh shoot, did I blow any of my chances to collaborate with District of Coffee?" Luckily, in this time of giving, yes, you are generous. I'm so gracious. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2017 was big for the DC coffee scene, mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe all the years mm-hmm. before this year have been big for the DC coffee scene. But what makes 2017 so big? So a couple of things, the coffee scene has been like really taking off in the past four years or so, but this year it just seems like it exploded. I mean, I have a list of all these shops that have opened in the past year in the DMV and there's at least 20, which is huge, which is great. There's that. And then there's also, um, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the fact that we had DC coffee fest, Mm -hmm. um, and it was the first kind of coffee fest in almost a decade, I think, in D.C. So there's people here who are super interested about coffee and ready to celebrate it. And then also the fact that they were able to hold some preliminary competitions Mm -hmm. here and they saw D.C. as a good place to do that, I think, is um, shows that this scene is really just kind of hitting its stride. Yeah. Becoming up there with New York and Seattle and Chicago and Oregon. So hopefully pretty soon it will be. Yeah. It seems like that's the goal of different people I've talked to of that trajectory to be on the scene. The same new as, level. Yeah. yeah. Even as a barista. So I only started as a barista about a year and a half ago and it seemed maybe we were educating people on our shop and what was going on. Mm-hmm. But between when I started and where I am now, people are asking more educated questions. They're more interested in where the beans are from. And mm-hmm. so that makes it fun as a barista where you're not having to educate at not a low level, but a very kind of beginner level. And right. you can start getting into those conversations about, oh, this is processed. It's a honey processed and therefore it's going to taste a little more fruity or this is naturally processed. Right. I think you can tell, you can see people's eyes light up whenever you ask them those questions. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then they're like, okay, someone I can like totally geek out to. Yeah. So talk about baristas. Yeah. Yeah. Baristas and roasters. Cause this is like their passion. This is what they love. And of course they would be excited to talk about just coffee in general, but to be able to like get down to the nitty gritty. I went and spoke with Small Plains this year and then also um, Joel from Qualia. And like those are two, well, it was three people, but but two kind of shops where you could tell that they were just like super excited to talk to you about like everything that they knew, everything they didn't know and were like ready to know. And I think that that's really, really fun. Like that kind of exchange, you could like see it light them light up. Yeah. People are there. Um, it'd be an interesting question to ask some of those roasters and cafes who have been here longer, like Qualia. 
swings or vigilante and see what how they're feeling with the change and the increase in, in the coffee sale. Yeah. And so speaking of shops, you already mentioned that there's a ton of new shops and I do see this list. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So there's Velo Cafe, which is in the wharf. It's a cafe within District Hardware and Bike. The coffee is from Vigilante. I know like Chris Vigilante has been there and helped train them and all that stuff. But it's a it's a cool concept with the bike shop and the hardware and then also the cafe. Yeah, put it on the list. 2018. I have so many on the list. Uh-oh. All right, what's two? Um, so there's Pear Plum, which is in Mount Pleasant. There used to be Flying Fish Cafe um, there, but they had two clothes and each peach market, which was a couple doors down, saw that as an opportunity to kind of expand their brand. And so they opened at the beginning of October, um, which is really exciting. They have a coffee program and also some great plates. And then at night they do cocktails. um, So a little bit of everything for the neighborhood. Yeah. That's on my list now. 2018. Yes. I'm just going to keep on naming them. Just keep going. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So there's Wheelies, which I guess, would you call that a cafe? It's a cafe on wheels. Cafe on wheels. We'll count it. Yeah. And they have a... Uh, you had an article, or they had a guest they, yeah, blog, they did a which guest was really blog, fun. Which is, and it seems like they are trying to like find more locations. I know that they're in like the Roslyn, Arlington area, but obviously Roslyn's in Arlington. I know, I know that. I just want everyone to know I know that. But they're also like trying to look for space in DC. I think actually brick and mortar. I don't think it's brick and mortar, but they have kind of like spaces in Arlington that they like usually set up so like it would be like the clarendon or the roslyn metro station or something like that and i don't know what the the rules are for getting like a permit or Mm -hmm. anything so i think that right now they're trying to like scope out dc and figure that out that's just my my gauging from their instagram yes i'll get all my news (laughs) so and then there's blue bottle which was a huge deal big deal yeah so that's in georgetown and i think there's going to also be a location in the wharf i think you're right there so one of the the trainers or the people who helped open this cafe came in the other week into the shop and was talking about Cafe at the Wharf potentially and then also even doing a couple more that might be on the DL. Oh, so dang. don't tell anybody. But um, No one tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I could be totally wrong. But that would be exciting. In their story, so you can read it in a book, but it's a fun one because Blue Bottle, mm-hmm. and I could be getting this wrong, but... When the Ottoman Turks were trying to invade Europe, they had to go through Vienna. Okay. And Vienna was a very big walled city, and the Turks were thousands, if not millions, of a large number of people who were setting siege to this city. And somehow the Turks ended up losing and retreating, and they retreated so quickly that they left a bunch of coffee bags, and coffee had never been to Europe. And so there was a Turk actually in Vienna who knew what the bags were, and ended up acquiring the bags and starting a cafe and that cafe was called Blue Bottom. Was it really? And so that's how they got their name. But they have no good coffee way. and they're now in DC. I'm guessing this is what 1400s, 1500s, something like that. I don't know, we can boot up the old Google machine. Oh, love me some Google. So it is it started in the late 1600s. Okay. And the Turkish army swept across much of eastern and central Europe, arriving at Vienna in 1683. Oh, dang. So that's when it happened. That is a really cool story. Yeah. It's history. It's we are history. Coffee I love is it. history. Oh, my goodness. I so, love it. Blue Bottle. And? Blue Bottle. You have the second Qualia location, what which was? is in Eckington. There you go. I 
took my interns there this summer and they loved it because it has that robo pour machine mm. and they were all mesmerized by it. And the robo pour, what, five paddles? I think it's five, yeah. Five paddles connected to an iPad. And yeah, it's crazy. Doing pour overs. Yeah, it's like mesmerizing. It really is. Swings on uh, what's G and 14th or G and 15th also has robo pour. Do they really? Yeah. I was there the other day. I didn't see it. But I was getting the seasonal latte, so that was my that was my focus. There you go. Yeah. Then you have, these are all out of order, but you have the Crimson Diner, which is in the Pod Hotel in mm-hmm. Chinatown, and their coffee program is run by Blanchard's, which is out of Richmond. Yeah. Uh, and the co- I've only been there once, but the coffee was really good. I'm glad you brought that up. It was awesome. Right? right? Yeah. They also have these different, it's a cold brew. Cold brew brew? It's a cold brew coffee, but it's in like a pop can. Oh. So. Interesting. Try it out. In a pop can. In a pop can. I had to show that I was from the Midwest there. <laughs> but I was talking to them during the DC Coffee Fest because mm-hmm. they put on an event. Right, right. That after just, party. Yeah. And they're just, uh, a guy wanted to start a coffee shop in Richmond, so he did. And now they're doing great things and coming up to DC. Yeah. So. Get over to the Crimson Diner and yeah. try it out. It's awesome. And, like, the, the place is super nice. It's great. Like, grab a cup of coffee and sit in the window and people watch. It's perfect for people watching. What's next? Okay. So, you have Tacoma Beverage Company. Or, I guess they just call it Tacoma Bev Co. My understanding is the guy who ran the coffee program at Northside Social opened this. Okay. Or is part of the coffee program here. So, it's on my list. It's been on my list forever. But yeah, I haven't made it to Tacoma Bevco yet. So that mm. is on my list. And I promise I will do it soon. That okay. is like a promise it, to myself. It is in stone now. It's yes. not a podcast. Yes, it is in the airwaves. And then you have Gregory's. Yes. Which comes from New York. And it just opened a couple weeks, like right before Thanksgiving, I mm-hmm. think. And what street is on that? It's in like the Farragut area, which I feel like a lot of stuff is, has been opening around Farragut in the past year. Yeah. Well, even you probably have it on there, the La Colombe. Yeah. Very good. So Uh, Gregory's, if you're worried, is at 1000 Vermont Avenue, Northwest. Nice. By Farragut. By Farragut, yes. So Gregory's, Lock Lomes opened up around there, and... A compass. And and what else? And compass. Yeah. Anything else on our list? Oh my gosh. There's Portside Coffee, and I believe that's in Leesburg. I know it's in Virginia. And Detour Coffee. Yeah. And Chill Zone, which is in Arlington. Then there is Cafe Chocolat, um, which is right by the White House, and they serve La Colombe, and they also do hot chocolate, and it's like real hot chocolate. Not powder, not syrup, it's like melted chocolate. You're just drinking chocolate. Oh my god, it's so good. They do dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and white chocolate. So good. So go there if you haven't already. You have the Hive Hotel that has a coffee program. Really? Yeah. Do you know who they serve? I don't. I was there the other night, but then their coffee, like, they were only serving alcohol at that time. Yeah. So, I was a little bummed. That's cool. It's the, what, the newest or the best rated best micro hotel yeah. in America. Yeah. So. I mean, like, the, just the space itself is very cool, and it's supposed to have, like, a heated bar upstairs. Oh, which um, has a great view of the city. So I'm sure. Cool. Yeah. So, I need to go back at some point, like, in the morning or the afternoon. We have the new Swings location, which is on 14th. Yeah, so it's 14th and G, I, I think. think. so, yeah. That opened in January. You have the Colada Shop, which is right around here. The Cuban Coffee Shop. Yeah, and they, what, they came out of Virginia, actually. Did they really? 
I think their first shop was in Virginia, and then they are now off of 14th. Yeah. Really exact place, but it's a very bright shop. It is a bright shop, and they have a garage door that they open up, and yeah, Cuban coffee, so it's a little thicker, and it's fun. It's on T Street, 14th and T. Nice. Should I say a few more? Yeah, say a few more. <laughs> so you have down. Shop Made in DC, which is in Dupont, and it serves small planes, which is a roastery that just started up this year. Well, what? Yeah, you have well, Vigilante is serving coffee at the wharf so i don't know you can't really call that a cafe but they have like a little pop-up stand or something yeah we'll count it the hershorn has been served like dolceza has been serving there and just found out earlier today that they're going to have a permanent cafe there in 2018 so that's something to look forward to and then you have little pearl which just opened this weekend and that comes from i believe pineapple and pearls What's Pineapple and Pearls? It is a shop in Eastern Market around, like, in the Barracks Row area. They opened, I think, two years ago. Okay. So they do coffee and, like, some, like, pastries in the morning. A fantastic fried, like, fried chicken sandwich. And then they do, like, super fancy dinners. Like, over $200. Wow. Where they, like, they, like, pair different, like, fancy drinks with fancy food. And you feel really fancy, I guess. I haven't been there. Um, it yeah, looks really fancy. <laughs> the nonprofit world is going yeah, well. Oh my $200. I'm lucky if I can dinner. buy and pizza. Well, it is good though. Oh also God, in the hive. So that is, yes, yes. That is also in the hive. And I ate some the other day. Other than that, I mean, you have Law Sock had a couple pop ups this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penny Brew pop up has become more regular. What's the Penny Brew pop up? It is Rachel Pace. She started popping up a couple years ago, like last year, in the Petworth area, which I really loved because that's close to my hood, and had she has like fantastic lattes. Okay. She did these um, biscuits and gravy, but with like okay. chicken gravy. Oh my god, it was delicious! But she's been op- she's been popping up more regularly in the Riverside Community Center um, in Northeast, I believe it is. She's do- doing it at least once a month on Sundays. And each time that she pops up, she she invites someone from the community, either like an artist or something, um, to showcase their work. I think she did kind of like a reading one time, just a way to bring that community together around coffee, but then also celebrating different things that are happening in the community as well. So I haven't made it out since she had moved, but I really hope to soon because she's awesome and is doing some really awesome stuff. Okay. I'm going to keep my eyes on. Yeah. Go see that. And yeah, I think if you look her up online, if you look at Penny Brew, you can sign up for their email so you can get the word on when she's popping up next. She's also on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. And what, does she just bring a cart? No, so she... It? Well, I don't know what the situation is at Riverside Community Center. I guess that they already have like an espresso machine and stuff and she okay. just brings like the beans and that's all I have... As far as things that are like have opened this year, there's mm-hmm. several things kind of like lined up um, for I think early 2018, but I don't think any of them are open yet. Huh. That was uh, a fair amount of coffee shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I have 22 listed here. Nice. Yeah. And it's a nice mix of brand new coffee shops mm-hmm. uh, who are from DC. Right. It's like small planes. And then you also have coffee shops who are here open up multiple locations. Like, mm-hmm. Vigilante going into the Anthem. You have Qualia opening up Eckington. Yeah. And so you have like Swings, second, well, I guess kind of third location. Mm-hmm. And then you also have shops like 
Blue Bottle and Gregory's, who are big outside of D.C., mm-hmm. who have obviously seen what a great place this is to to really grow the co- like your coffee community. So I think that, and we'll see more of that in 2018, some of these shops coming from New York and California and stuff like that coming in because uh, they really see that, that this is a, a coffee community to be a part of. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, got to get here. Get on the map. Yes. Come, come. I don't know. Is it a good time to move into 2018 and, yeah. and what shops are coming in that we're excited for? Yeah, some of these might open in like the next couple of weeks and I just don't know because um, I know a lot of them are kind of like in the works. Mm-hmm. But you have Cafe Georgetown, which is that going to be in Georgetown? Georgetown? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which I, I find that really exciting because when I was in grad school at Georgetown, we didn't really have any coffee shops. Mm-hmm. I guess you had Baked and Wired and then Starbucks. But then now you have yeah. Grace Street, you have Bluestone, you have Cafe Georgetown. So I'm a little jealous of the students now. Uh, they have and Blue a, Bottle over there as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel jealous. They have so many options to choose from now. But they're, they should be opening soon. Vigilante is open, opening a location in College Park. Oh, that's right. Around yes. the University of Maryland. So that's really exciting for those students. There you go. Oh, gosh. All these students. students. Are so lucky. Merry Christmas. Right? Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. You have Joe and Juice. I think Joe and the Juice, which is coming from New York. But... I know Danielle has visited them in New York, but I don't think they're originally from there. Okay. And I'm assuming there's coffee and juice at this place. Yes. Swings is, has been redoing their location that was right by the White House. Mm-hmm. Their original location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. I think it's going to open up in the next few months. Reopen. I I, I've heard February. I'm not going to pull favorites here, but I'm very excited for Swings' original location to open up because they're one of the oldest roasters in D.C. And they are. They have to be the oldest. They are in DC. over a hundred years. And when I first heard about Swings, they didn't have any locations in D.C. because they're G Street or this oh, original yeah, one. There was no way I was going out to Virginia to. Uh, <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> not calling out Virginia here. I just don't have a car. So, anyways, but now I love the Virginia location, yeah. and I'm very excited about the one yeah. opening up in February. Yeah, it's going to be super close to their new location, too. So, I mean, I guess, you know, all the people working at the White House and around the White House just, you know, going to get their swings fixed. Get their swings on. Yeah. And then there's going to be Bluestone Lane, which comes from New York as well. Okay. Do we know where that's going to be? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be, like, in a library. I met someone from Bluestone Lane at New York Coffee Festival and had a little... Do you know what a little latte is called? Cortado? No. Gibraltar? No. A piccolo. Piccolo. So I had a little piccolo. Um, How was your piccolo? It was so good. <laughs> and then I just like kept on going around the rest of the day asking people for piccolos. Yeah, so I'm excited about them coming as well. Okay. And then I had mentioned earlier that the Hirshhorn Dolceza is, is going to have a permanent one? cafe there, which is cool. That is cool. While you're waiting in line to go see art, I guess? Yeah, don't. I know because a lot of their exhibits, you have to wait in line for a really long time. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to be. Huh. I say yeah, not knowing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And no, um, there's but, also, it's gonna, the space is going to be designed by someone famous. I didn't recognize the name, but I also don't know anything about art or architecture. Huh. The but coffee other, shop's going to be designed right, by somebody famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense because it's in a museum. Yeah. Do we have any other ones on the list? No, but I did forget to mention Southeastern Roastery. They were in Isle of Wight 
Virginia, mm. which I believe is in southeastern Virginia, which would make sense because of the name. But she just moved her roastery up here, and they are working out of Songbird now. So it's a new roastery, and they have a new kind of home. So that's also exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're in one of the other episodes we were talking about coffee and music and these pursuits of passion coming together. So oh, yeah. It's fun to see Songbird get right um, Southeastern Roastery. That is going to be big. And so those are some of the coffee shops. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I can't wait any longer. So before we go into coffee news and events of 2017, I'm excited to share a few stories from listeners about their cafe experiences. You're going to hear from Andrew, Janet, and Tudor. They're really, I mean, they're great folks, you know, they're very helpful, but don't really ask them much. Just come in and order what they've got, you know, and uh, we'll ask them about whatever, you know, the particular roast is they're using on that particular day. But, um, yeah, they're really friendly here and, you know, just really laid back and it's a comfortable place to be, you know, fun place to be. You know, really, it's just my typical early Saturday morning, Sunday morning interaction with the baristas. Oh, and I should mention, occasionally I do see and hear uh, friends who I wouldn't run into anyplace else. And that's really, that's really a lot of fun to just run into people. If there's an empty table, we sit and we shoot the breeze for a while. I'd say one of our most reliable regulars comes in to get a ristretto. We'll start making it before he even walks in the door if we see him coming up. He just hands us the total and walks off. Kind of a pleasant, polite interaction, even if we don't say anything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we know he likes it. And what's that do for you as a barista? It's satisfying to know that people work us into their routine enough to be a little more personal than just coming somewhere to buy the product. We'll notice if someone's gone on vacation and remark on the different taste of a new roast. Other coffee news of 2017 that we want to cover. Well, I know we had just talked about swings. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to note that back in June when there was the congressional baseball shooting um, during their baseball practice that was in the park right across the street from swings. And so they had to be closed, I think, for five days. Which is, I mean, obviously that's a loss of a lot of business. But whenever they reopened, the community just really embraced them. And a couple months later, they had an event where you have a coffee with a cop, uh, which I think was really cool because of what had just happened a few months before. So I think that that's really cool. And then a lot of shops are, I think, focusing more on community and, and figuring out how to get people from the community Involved and not just coming in and drinking coffee, but to have conversations and things like that. So, seeing more of um, you know people having music series, mm-hmm. or I know a bait joint is have it doing like movie nights and things like that. So, trying these different ways, um, these different ideas to figure out how to bring the community together. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I think this year, and I think we'll see a lot of more of it in 2018. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. And there, you know, there's been. Especially coffee scene as it arose started to do away with Wi-Fi in their stores. Oh, yeah. And I think it aggravates a lot of people. And I've seen different Facebook posts around it. And I was just (laughs) walking into actually Cafe Amori and we're talking to Michael, the owner there. And this girl walking in was like, oh, they don't have Wi-Fi. They want you to talk to each other, I guess. But (laughs) she really said that. (laughs) She said that. So at the same time that that's true and people kind of say it 
begrudgingly, like, right. ah, I think we're getting to a point where people recognize, oh, this is a specialty shop. There probably won't be Wi-Fi. And maybe there is something to sit in here and talking with others right. versus doing work. So I don't know if it's still there. There used to be a sign in Qualia that said, sorry, not sorry. No Wi-Fi on weekends. It sounds like a quality um, thing. Which I was just like, that's great. Like, don't apologize. I mean, obviously, if I need to use Wi-Fi, I would like to have it. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I don't think it's necessary. And I think, oh yeah, and I remember, like, I think Cafe Kindred has just become, they stopped doing Wi-Fi, at least on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of shops, they might offer it during the week. But on the weekends, they're kind of doing this compromise Yeah. to, for, not to force people, <laughs> but to yeah, encourage so people. To, to talk to each other and to actually, you know, stop staring at your phones or your screens. And so I think that that's, especially right now with all the craziness that's going on in the world, mm-hmm. like to be able to have this kind of sense of coming together and belonging. I don't know. And belonging. Yes. The coffee community. What yeah. is it? Not tangible, but it is there. But right. it is kind of tangible yeah. for sure. Cause yeah. brick and mortar shops, but um, and some other kind of big events that happened. This wasn't directly related to coffee, but I was working the day of the Women's March oh, in D.C. And Were you all swamped? Oh, gosh. I don't remember the day. <laughs> just blacked out. Just uh, literally blacked out. But, you know, I, I, with the Women's March and however you feel politically, like it was a, a really great opportunity for people to come together, um, even within one movement but then a whole country and the whole world. Yeah. So something I didn't, I wrote about it on the blog, but I wasn't able to participate in because I was out of town was DC coffee fest. Mm -hmm. And as far as things that happened in the coffee community in 2017, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I don't know if you would agree or not, but you were able to attend some of the events. I think it was. Yeah. And I I attended some events. Tell us more. Uh, so I was actually working that weekend, and so I was only able to go to the Roaster Showcase. But um, so that was in the Apollo, right above Y Down on H Street, and it was just awesome to see the coffee community. Everybody just pouring coffee, sharing, roasting what they love, and and talking about it. It's nothing that I like. I enjoy more really. Um, then I also went to. To Blanchard's at Crimson Diner. Oh, yeah. And was able to participate in that and learn a little bit about coffee from them. So just a, a really great uniting of the community to yeah. focus on coffee. Even in these throes of competition, still <laughs> recognizing that your competitors are, are good and should be in that competition yeah. with you. Which, that's great for the whole community. I mean, rising tides raise all ships. And I think that's what's starting to happen in D.C. Nice. Yeah. I don't know about like the preliminaries, if they'll be here again next year, but I know that they're already planning for a Coffee Fest 2018, so that's exciting. Yeah, so those are events, and even more recently, which is happening, is the Deferred Candidacy. The SCA, or Specialty Coffee Association, just put out um, this Deferred Candidacy Policy. So SCA, Specialty Coffee Association, each year has a big competition where all the different baristas and roasters and people in the coffee community come together and compete. And so in 2018, it's going to be in Dubai. There's a portion of the coffee community that is LGBTQI. And in Dubai, kind of the national policy is to not allow people who choose to identify that way to 
engage in society. And so to to be themselves, to be themselves. Yeah. And so that's a, a concern for people who wanted to compete and rightfully so. And so there's a big hoopla, like you said, of the (laughs) coffee community saying, this isn't cool. If our employees and friends can't compete, that's not okay. It could be updated by the time this is released, but they came out with deferred candidacy, which is under this new policy, national champions who have a qualifying circumstance that limits or prohibits them from participating may request to defer their world championship candidacy to the following year. And so basically just saying, if you qualify or if you are a champion and are supposed to be competing, yet you qualify to meet the standards, whatever they are, of of being unsafe in this environment, then you can just compete the next year. Yeah, which at, at first sounds like, okay, compromise. Mm-hmm. But also um, you're punishing people for being LGBTQI and also forcing people to out themselves if they choose to defer mm-hmm. because they would have to go before their national bodies to explain that they feel unsafe competing. So it's, it's problematic in, in that way. Some people might be completely fine doing that, but some people wouldn't be. And to force someone to do that, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Not good things. No. But you can also choose for yourself and do more research. And, but yes, you don't have to take our word for it. You don't have to take our word. So SEA Canada pulled out of the competition. Yeah, which is very um, big. And Sprudge said that they were no longer going to be media partners for this. Mm-hmm. But Blue Bottle completely resigned membership. And that's huge. That's very big. Um, and other small places have as well. But you wonder if others will, other big ones will follow suit. Counterculture has spoken out against the decision, but I don't know um, if they have any other moves that they're going to make. So it's, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. The competition, there's one in February and one in September. So it'll be interesting to see how those play out. Mm -hmm. And if they go through with it and what that would do for the coffee community. Right. You know, will you see a rise of another association? That's true. Interesting. Yeah. What's so... I think it's also, it's sad for the people who will be competing because they're not going to be competing against, you know, the whole spectrum. You're not going to have all of the best of the best there. So, which means, you know, that it's a little less sweet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sad for everyone. Yeah. And then moving on past that, the travel ban, when that was happening, Mm -hmm. uh, the big coffee, the big coffee, the coffee scene did an ACLU fundraiser. Um, oh, yeah. Which was exciting to see the community band together. And mm-hmm. there's the DMV Coffee Group. They have a Facebook group, but they are promoting it and trying to get cafes to yeah. do it. It's nice that there is that activism within the community to really come together, either if it's financially or just by putting signs up, which right. is a big deal to say everybody's welcome that the community's there and willing to do it. So right. Something I think to be grateful for. There was like a day or a weekend that people mm-hmm. did this, but I think that there were also some shops who did kind of like their own special things. Sunday, February 5th. Oh, dang. That day. That's the day. 2017. Dang, you know, that's that's a lot that went on, and I'm sure there's more. I'm sure we're missing some and didn't oh, yeah. really share everybody who did something awesome for political activism or, or just you. supporting people in general, but that's good. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think, again, it's, a, it's, it's an inclusive community. And so making sure that it stays that way and that they're making like they're letting that be known. Mm-hmm. And so I, don't know, I think it would be interesting. So we have District of Coffee, Lauren Rogers here. Where have you been? Where are you going in 2018? Okay. 
So I feel like I talked about some of this on the previous podcast, mm-hmm. episode one. Oh, I made it sound like Star Wars. Go like, back it's and like listen super to it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly different music. <laughs> but I think that, so in 2016, when we started, I mean, very excited, um, feeling like, we needed to constantly be putting out information. And and I think that we realized that we weren't always putting out our best or we weren't enjoying it as much as we should be. And so Danielle and I had a conversation and I think it was February about how this needs to be fun. Like it is work, but it's also supposed to be fun. And so as people who follow the blog can tell first, we were putting out like a couple post a week. And now we're putting out maybe just a few a month, but we're trying to make sure that the ones that we are putting out are of good quality and sharing good information for the community and, and a positive information for the community. Uh, we've been doing a little more, bit more of like guest posts and I want to do more of that moving forward because my voice is just one. I would love to hear different points of view and perspectives, but I think that like 2017 was about um, just kind of figuring out um, how to have fun, how to enjoy it, hmm. and then also figuring out why like why are we doing this? What kind of information do we want to put out there? We don't want it to just be something just to put out something. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that it's good. And so I think that that's kind of where we where we have been in 2017. And then in 2018, I want to see more guest posts and I want to be more active as far as events that are happening. We have been trying to keep our events page updated as much as possible, but there's always just so much going on that it's hard to keep up. But I would love to be able to both be more active in promoting these events, but also participating in them as well. So that that is kind of like my New Year's resolution for District of Coffee. If I may say, so if you know of a coffee event or you're putting on a coffee event, I think it would be okay to either tweet at District of Coffee mm-hmm. or go onto their page and contact them and let them know what's going on so that uh, Lauren and District of Coffee can yeah. share it with the public, the people. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, like, if we can't attend it, at least we can you know, put something on our website, promote it on our Twitter, Facebook. That, I mean, we just, yeah, we, we want to share as much information as possible mm-hmm. and be as helpful as possible. So if, yeah, if you have anything coming up in 2018, please let us know. Nice. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to turn those questions right back to you. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Now I'm nervous. I like podcasting cause I don't have to write <laughs> and I don't really have to speak. I can just ask questions. So, but 2017 was a fun year and I really started thinking about the podcast about a year and a half ago and it took me about eight to 10 months to even launch it. So I think the big accomplishments are one launching the podcast and starting to work on finding my voice within podcasting and in conversations and better understanding what people are interested in hearing. So that's been a very exciting part. And thank you to supportive community members like you and district of coffee and everybody I've interviewed has just been very generous. So I just want to say thank you on air to the people. You are so welcome. There we go. So uh, those are the, the big things mm-hmm. of 2017, I think 2018 brings has some series that I'm looking forward to working on. Ooh. I know kind of the first one right off the bat is going to be a home brewing, home roasting series, and maybe not too long, but 
to give everybody some tips on if you want to roast your own coffee, where should you do it? Cool. Um, if you want to brew your own coffee on more than just a stovetop brewer, mm-hmm. what different vehicles are there for it or yeah. materials? So I'm excited about that. Um, my initial goal was to have 12 episodes right. and I was going to stop and see if I wanted to, to keep going. But I think this will be the seventh episode. Oh, wow. And yeah, so seven, that's more than six and <laughs> closer to 12. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I think 2018 will bring a much longer series than I, I thought. Nice. So that's exciting. Uh, there's just so much content. As you know, it seems like every other day I'm hearing a new conversation about another coffee shop or somebody doing something that they've been doing for a while, but tweaking a little bit, which would be fun to share. And then another area that I'm really interested in and I haven't fully flushed out my thoughts around this, but you know, I work in a nonprofit. I'm very interested in philanthropy and my tagline is keep brewing community. And so finding new ways to brew community within DC is a, a big goal of 2018. So if you have any ideas or if any of the podcast listeners have ideas, we'd love to hear them. What do you want to see in the coffee community this coming year? What do I want to see? Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to see, and I think one of the things that we will see, is more coffee education. Like you said at the beginning, more people are coming in and, and asking you know, the harder questions. Mm-hmm. How was this processed? Or, or tell me more about this, this region. And I think people are, as the DC community is being exposed to all these different shops and um, specialty coffee, third wave coffee, however you want to characterize it, they are, you know, they're, they're really wanting to know this information. They're really craving this information. And so, I mean, you have um, shops that are already doing classes and and cuppings, but I think we'll see even more of that. I know that Cafe Amori is going to um, expand in 2018 and include some coffee education in their program. But I think that we'll probably see more of that as the year goes on as well. And I hope that we do. I could use it. Yeah. <laughs> Selfishly. We all could use it. Yeah. Uh, you can't stop learning coffee. That's, right. That's a great answer. I guess another thing would be just more community events, like just kind of around coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the idea of having like movie nights and more like what is it? Bakers and Baristas in Chinatown does um, music on Wednesday nights concert, little kind of like mini shows and and more things like that um, to bring people out who might no- not normally come to these shops or anything like that. But I think we'll see more of that, and I, w- I would I hope that we do. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I have one other thing, and it's not necessarily something I want to see. Not that I don't want to see it, okay. but I think that we will see it. Shoot. I feel like in the past year, we've seen a lot more like coffee cocktails and a lot more Hmm. coffee shops opening up like bar programs. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something as people kind of like experiment with, with what coffee can be. I think that we're going to see some more of that. One thing that I would like to see is, so we talked a little bit about community and raising funds for different events or being active in some way. I'd love to see some fund rise about that all the DC coffee shops support mm-hmm. and it goes directly to DC community, ah. uh, either nonprofits or events, but something to think about of how we could facilitate even more giving back to the DC community. Yeah. Though many of the shops already do incredible work with mm-hmm. either buying good green coffee or giving back internationally and domestically. Right. So one question I do have for you. Mm-hmm. 
Is there anything that comes to mind in regards to a nice interaction that you've had and that you're thankful for? At the beginning of the year, this I mean, this was January, but Zeke's had a, a, a tasting uh, with several, they do several of these, um, or at least once a year, these tastings with like four different kinds of coffee. Mm-hmm. And they did one in January. And I just always, there's something about Zeke's that I just really love and I'm drawn to. And I don't feel, I'm, I can be a very, I can be very nervous and shy sometimes. And I, sometimes I, I will just kind of like cower away or just like not say anything when I really have all these questions in my head. Like they always make me feel like it's okay to ask questions. And like, I never feel shy when I'm there. Um, I always feel welcomed. And I just like those events. I, Cause I was just thinking, I think maybe even earlier today, I was like, oh, I wish they had another one soon. And they might, but yeah. I just remember, like, I always like going to events at Zeke's because of that. Yeah, and some of the big, I think, interactions that make a nice barista regular relationship or barista coffee co relationship are just very simple human decencies of a nice smile, welcoming you there, getting you what you want to drink, and being happy about it. Yeah. And then that's the, that's the golden life. Right. So. There was, like, um... I think this was when I was interviewing you. There was something that you said about seeing like this family come in and this little girl and like being like watching this girl grow up. Cause like when they're so, when they're young, like they grow so fast. Yeah. And like that's just like really special. That kind of con- connection as well. Like you get a glimpse into people's lives. Yeah. Both sides of the counter. No, definitely. And I guess for, I, I can't remember if you wrote about... I don't think you wrote about that story, but we were talking about it. I did it. not. So as a barista, I've been there for about a year and a half. And there's this one family that always comes in and they come in with a stroller. Well, it started out, they came in with the little baby in a kangaroo sack in front yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, And the little baby would always look at us and smile <laughs> and I'd attempt to give her espresso just because I thought it was funny. I, I never gave it to her. And it's like a dad joke. <laughs> I found it amusing. That Anyways, is pretty funny. So they just, every Saturday and Sunday, they walk in and it's part of their ritual. And I was there, another barista was there to, to welcome them. All of a sudden, they're walking in and the little girl was walking and she, they're like, oh yeah, it's it's her first birthday. It's like, what? Oh my goodness. <laughs> she was just a little peanut. And, and now she's walking around. She loves almond croissants and she always points at us and smiles. So in some ways, I feel like I raised that child. Oh, not but really, very but much like. on the spot. <laughs> but so yeah, as a, a barista, that's one of the ones, the relationship that yeah. it's, it's a very nice interaction. I so. love that. Best coffee you drank in 2017 or not the best, the one that comes to mind most quickly. That's a really easy question for some oh, reason. Um, all the other questions I've been stumped. I'm like, I can't think, but for some reason I keep on going back to the cup of coffee I had at the Crimson Diner. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was right after it opened and it was, I believe, a Rwandan pour-over. And it was so freaking good. Okay. What about you? At the coffee roasting showcase, Yeah. Vigilante had um, a Mexico coffee that just was bright. It was fruity. It was fun. And that was my favorite coffee. Nice. Uh, that but sounds also, good. Uh, La Colombe did do a Brazilian coffee that we were... We were just cupping, and it just was like really whiny and grapeish oh. and fun, and it almost like it tasted like purple satin sheets, 
or like purple satin curtains. Interesting. And so it was... Tasted like purple satin sheets. It didn't taste like that, but it kind of tasted like that. No, like, it, yeah, I, I understand what I... You know, yeah. like they're kind of wavy and they're yeah. like dark purple and... Yeah. That sounds good. Like, that sounds amusing. That's a great way to describe a cup of coffee. Purple satin sheets. Yeah. Other than just something like chocolatey. Yeah. For your interview wish list. Oh, yeah. Who would you like to interview or who would you like to have write a guest blog in Mm -hmm. 2018? As far as a guest blog, I would really like to have Michael Amori from Cafe Amori write a blog about coffee education since they're going to start doing more of that. And he seems very passionate about it. So I, I hope that that is going to happen and I'm really excited about it. Also, I still haven't had a chance to interview Chris Vigilante. We tried to set up a meeting at the Anthem, and it just didn't work out this fall. But I'm hoping sometime next year um, I get I get a chance to go visit their location at the Anthem because they not only serve people who are coming for the concerts, but they also serve coffee to the artist. And I think that that's really rad. So, that is really um, rad. How about you? Uh, so... There's a group of people that I would love to interview. I don't know if it's a group of people. Architects, I think, walking into shops and and looking at a shop and realizing that everything in that shop, for the most part, is intentional, whether it's where the equipment is or how they designed it. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to speak to some architects about coffee and what you see when you enter a shop and how it makes you feel. So I have some plans, but haven't put out any feelers. So if you're an architect who designed a coffee shop and are interested in jumping on the, the podcast, let me know. So architects. And then also one of the Hallmark books by Michelle Weissman. Okay. Maybe I'm not saying that right, but it's called God on a cup, the obsessive quest for the perfect coffee. And it was written, it was written in 2008. Okay. But at least my understanding is that she lives in Baltimore, but she, Followed around some of the big coffee people in the industry. So she went around with counterculture and intelligentsia and followed them around and interviewed them and really learned about coffee and her being in the DMV area in some ways and also just her experience interviewing people and writing a book and seeing the world and traveling origin. I think that would be somebody really fun to talk to. And I think you all listening would enjoy that as well. So those would be the ones for me. Coffee New Year's resolution, which I think you already mentioned, 2017. Yeah. I think, for yeah, for District of Coffee. But for me personally, I think it, yeah, too. Because I, I am, I'm still at that stage where I know what I like and I know what I don't like. But I can't, you know, I mean, there are so many different flavors and scents and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like the coffee wheel is just, it's overwhelming. Big wheel. Yeah, and I know like 10 words. <laughs> okay. I in need general, to like... you've spoken more than 10 in this interview. Perfect. Conversation. This conversation, right. But to maybe go to more like cuppings and, and become more familiar with how to describe coffee. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's also a tough question. Coffee, New Year's resolution. I just want to be better about getting to new shops. Yeah. Because um, there are so many opening up and... You know, you get busy, me doing the podcast and working on the weekends at the coffee shop right. and also at work. And so it's like, I need to do this and it becomes a chore. But there's something very fun about just walking to a shop, appreciating it, drinking the coffee and leaving. Yeah. Well, the mic is yours. Anything else to say for 
2017 and District of Coffee? I, yes, I do. Oh, wow. You got something prepared. <laughs> well, because, I mean, you have talked about it, but I think something big that has happened in the coffee community this year is the creation oh, of this podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because we don't have anything like it right now. I mean, there's obviously coffee podcasts out there, but nothing that's focusing on the DC coffee community. And then also these kind of like, very unique ideas like talking to district mugs about uh, frugal enterprise and then also like if you were to talk to architects like that's no one thinks about that so like that's awesome but i think that celebrating the coffee community in this new cool way especially i feel like this is very much a podcast town Um, yeah people love their podcasts so yeah celebrating the coffee community as it continues to grow um in this new way is a huge thing that has happened this past year so congratulations to you (laughs) awesome Let's just keep brewing community, huh? And that's a wrap, folks. All of the cafes and events we discussed will be accessible in the show notes. Keep up to date with Lauren Rogers and District of Coffee on their website, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find Drip, a DC coffee podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you to the Broke Royals for music, Rebecca Silverstein for graphics and web design, Wesley Stukenbroker for creative support, and Steve Stewart, the engineer. Once again, thanks for listening, and keep growing community.